0: <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we've we've been talking about the Spirit, um, uh, the Holy Spirit, the ministries of the Holy Spirit, the ministries and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we have been uh Um Really expounding upon uh the uh what most of what we have really been uh Most of what we've really been um, expounding on has been the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us. Amen. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, uh, he will minister to us. Praise God. Hallelujah. He'll minister to us and through that ministry to us, he will help us uh, to position ourselves for these things that we've been taught, these things that we've been trying to get to. We haven't really talked much about the gifts of the Spirit. But you know what? I think for the most part, most of us are learned concerning the gifts of the Spirit. What we're not learned about is how to get the gifts of the Spirit or how to yield ourselves to those gifts so that they'll function and operate in our lives. And we know that it's God's will for the gifts of the Spirit to function in the life of every believer. According to 1 Corinthians, Bible says uh, that the manifestations of the Spirit have been given to every man to profit with all. And so we know that we are every man, you know, you're every man. But one of the one of the things that we we have been talking about is how that there really has to be a reliance on, a dependence on the Spirit of God for these things to be made manifested. And if there's one thing that I think is uh, it plagues uh, this generation, is a um, is that. A, a, a lack of understanding of how to yield themselves over to the Holy Spirit and to have him working uh, in their life on the level that will allow these things to happen. Amen. And so a lot of what I've been talking about on Sunday, you can, uh, uh, with when it comes to a prosperity and supernatural increase, you can kind of move it over into this lesson and into this message and... Um, Some of the many of the things that I've said about finance and um, and getting yourself in that flow of the spirit to uh, for supernatural increase is the same of getting yourself in the flow of anything, uh, any blessing from the Lord, uh, including the gifts of the spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, uh, the demonstrations of the power of God. And so how many of you know that it's God's will to manifest himself in us and through us? Amen. All right. Joel chapter two says this, that in the last days. Well, you know what? Let's 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 read it out of um, let's read it out of the uh, book of Acts. Acts chapter two, uh, Acts chapter two, when Peter uh, says this, he's referring to what uh, is being uh, said in uh, Joel chapter two. After the spirit of God. After the spirit of God uh, falls on the day of Pentecost, uh, in Holy Ghost baptism, well, let's just read. Let's just read from there. It says of chapter two of the book of Acts, starting with verse one. It says, "When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Say this with me: There came a sound from heaven. Sound from heaven. So it didn't come a sound from a pulpit. There didn't come a sound from a prophet. There didn't come a sound from a denomination or from uh, from somewhere on the earth. There came a sound from heaven. And so." There has to be, there's something that has to happen of heaven in our lives here in the earth for the spirit of God to be made manifested in the way that we desire him to be manifested. Whether it be revival, gifts of the spirit, supernatural increase, uh, for God's spirit or for God to be at work in our lives, there, there has to be that, um, there has to be that, that uh, commodity of heaven released in our lives and you know what you can't create that in the natural there's no substitute for the supernatural there's no substitute for the sound of heaven there's no substitute for uh for uh the uh uh the the divine intervention of god it either is or it isn't amen and, and I think that's one thing that God's people fail to realize. Either either God is involved or he's not. Either the Spirit of God is working or he's not. Either the Holy Ghost is in manifestation or he's not. And we need for him to be in manifestation because we've had what we've had because he's not. Amen. Amen. I mean, that's really the way that it is. Um, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And, and here's the thing about heaven. Heaven will show up the way it wants to show up. God will show up on his terms, not on our terms. God will do things his way, not our way. And that, that, ought, to be, that ought to be something that we ought to be prepared for, is that when, when, we begin, when you begin to press into God for these things to be manifested, here's, what, here's one thing you can count on. God's not going to do it your way. In fact, he's going to run over a lot of stuff in your life to get done what he wants to do. What I mean by that is not that he's going to harm you or hurt you or damage you or whatever. You'll think he, you'll think he is because, uh, you know, God is a revealer. He's an exposer. Uh, when, when the light of God shines, things are revealed. Things are exposed. And we don't like exposure much. We don't like for God to reveal things in us much. But when we're seeking the face of God, when we're seeking after the working of God's Spirit, here's what you have to understand. I think you all, I think you all know this for the most part. And I think, I think those of you that are part of this church, you understand this. But it's something that we need to learn how to communicate to others. See, what, 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 many, people, what many people think, and I think sometimes what we think when we lean, when we lean on the flesh, is uh, when we start thinking in the natural when, we, when, we are, uh, when we're over there, glory to God, hallelujah. How many, of you, how many of you know that for God to work in this natural realm, there has to be an alignment between our spirit and our soul? Oh, yeah. The problem with heaven invading earth is not that God is powerless to invade earth. God, God has all power. He has all authority. He has all ability. Uh, God is all powerful. Amen. God is everywhere. Some people are like, well, God, you know, God just, he, he's just not here. No, God is everywhere. He's, uh, he's all knowing. He's, he's all these things that we've, we've taught, that we've uh, heard taught, that we've preached, that we've heard preached. What we've believed. What we've said. We've hung pictures on our walls and scriptures on our refrigerator, talking about uh, God. You know, he's, uh, he's. a. Uh, Alpha and Omega. He's beginning uh, and the end. He's the, you know, he's, he's, all, he's all these things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. So it's not that we, it's not that God has no authority and has no power. Amen. He, God has power. He has authority. It's not, that it's, it's not that it's not the will of God. You know what? It is the will of God for every one of you to manifest the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit. Not just one gift, but several gifts. Because that's what the Bible says. There in 1 Corinthians it says he gives to man severally as he will. So it is his will. Say he will because that's what he wants to do. He wants to manifest himself through the gifts of the spirit and through the ministries of the spirit, uh, through, through your life. And he wants to manifest those gifts, not just one gift or two gifts there. He wants to, he wants to function through you. Uh, actually I'll say this, there really is no limit, especially in the time that we're living in where there are so few people that are tapping into that supernatural flow. When God can find a people that are willing to tap into that supernatural flow and allow God, His Spirit, uh, to move through them and manifest Himself through them, uh, the, less, the less people there are that are willing to do that, the more those that are willing to do it will be used by the Spirit. And so many of us, we, this is the most opportune time, I think, in history to be used by God's Spirit in a spectacular way. Because those of us who are willing to allow God's Spirit to work in that manner and in that fashion through our lives, uh, because there are so few people that have pressed in and won a place in the Spirit and broke through to see God do these things, because there are so few of them, God's looking throughout the... It's like supernatural increase. Right now, folks, I'm going to tell you something. Right now, some of you could enter into a measure of the flow of God's blessing financially like never before because there are so few of God's people that are willing to step over into that place and allow God to release that measure of blessing through them and when God can find those people that will allow that he will use them extraordinarily if, if, if amen if there are 300 million people and only 30,000 of them are gonna let God do it <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now there's there's uh the potential uh for for an extraordinary, demonstrative, spectacular demonstration of God's power through your life. Of the release of God's blessing in your life. Amen. 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 So it's the, the trouble isn't with God. Say this with me. Say, it is God's will to pour out His Spirit. It is God's will to pour out His Spirit. Amen. How do we know that? Well, because He did it in the book of Acts. Okay. Amen. There was a sound from heaven. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke with other tongues. Um, and then it goes on to say, um, down in the uh, 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 in in verse, uh, look like it's fourteen. No. Yeah, verse fourteen. It says, Peter standing up with eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them. Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Look at verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. So Peter said what happened on that day happened in, in fulfillment of those verses that he's reading from out of the book of Joel. So what, y'all understand what Peter was saying is this. What you're observing here today is not a bunch of people that are drunk. What you're observing is a fulfillment of prophecy. A prophecy that was spoken many, many years ago by a prophet named Joel. That in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon them. Now listen, if Acts chapter 2 was the last days and that was 2,000 years ago, then we must be living in the last of the last of the last of the last of the last days. And these promises must be more for us. Come on, y'all. You say, Pastor, what are you trying to do? I'm, tr- I'm trying to get you all as excited about these things as I am. Beca- be- and here's why. Because there's there's a correlation between your excitement about these things and the way these things affect you when you hear them, how they affect you in your inner man, how you respond to how they're affecting you in your... There's a correlation between all of that and how they're manifested in your life. See, I have found that people... People can get excited about this in the beginning when they first hear it and get all stoked about it when they when they've first come to the understanding that God wants to proud his spirit and that there's a promise of the outpouring of his spirit through prophecy, uh, through Joel, that it's already begun in the book of Acts uh, upon the early church and upon the first church. But after a while, what some people do is they get to that place like we talked about Sunday. They get to that place of mental ascent and in their mind it excites them, but then the battle begins. The battle between what's going on in their spirit and what's going on in their flesh. And listen, every one of us have that battle. Yes. Are y'all hearing me today? Yes. I don't care how far along you get in your journey with God, you're going to, you're going to have a battle between your your, your uh, spirit and your flesh. And you're and you're constantly going to have to be uh you're constantly going to have to be working to uh, subdue the flesh. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this one time. He said, I die to myself every day. If, listen, if the Apostle Paul had to die to himself every day, then guess who else is going to have to die to themselves every day? Yeah. Amen. Joe, Ms. Rhonda, the Sanders, the Davises, the Sanchezes, all, all of us. Amen. All of us. And you know what? It's, uh, it, it never gets easy. Especially if you let your flesh run wild. Go ahead, we ought to do some videos called "Flesh Run Wild." <laughs> I bet we won't. I won't be. I bet it won't be that popular. <laughs> 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 so if, if two thousand years ago, it was the last days, then how how much closer must we be then? How much farther away from, so if, if that means if this, if this scripture was true about them, then it must be even more true about us. Because if, if they needed the outpouring of the spirit in the measure that they had it 2000 years ago, then don't you think we would need a greater measure of the outpouring of God's spirit being that we were that much closer to the end? See, so we've we've got to begin to put that in perspective. God, God doesn't just want to do what he did in the book of Acts with us. God wants to do something in a greater measure. He wants to do something. He wants to do something exponentially greater because, because according to Scripture, the church, as Christians, the, as the church, we're supposed to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. In other words, we're supposed to increase in faith and we're supposed to increase in glory. we're supposed to increase and become greater in faith, and and there should be a greater. Um, oh, y- y'all know what glory is. Glory is uh, something. Uh, Something when it's something uh, is uh, revealed in its fullness. So the glory of God. Oh, 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 the fullness, the glory. We're living in a time where that glory is going to be revealed in a greater measure than uh, in a greater measure than what was than what what people witnessed in the life of the apostle Paul. Who was caught up into the third heaven. I know some of you like, are you saying we're, we can be greater than the Apostle Paul? Not only am I telling you you can be, according to the Bible, you should be. Because not only do you have the revelation that he brought to the church, but you have the revelation that every other person brought after he came along for 2,000 years. Amen. He saw through a glass darkly. And there was someone else that saw a little bit clearer, and someone that saw a little bit clearer, and someone that saw... So, amen. There's a direct correlation to how, to, 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 to how these things are manifested in one's life. There's a direct correlation to how you respond, how, what it does to you, what these words do to you, how they affect you, how they move you, what direction they take you. And see, that's, that's, that's most of what I want to talk about tonight. Is that we've got to come to the place where, um, and, and I know you, how many of you have ever, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever witnessed in someone's life uh, when, they're, when they're hearing the word of God preached, when they're, uh, when they're hearing of things that there's a... I don't know, man. There's just, a, there's just a different response in some people than what you see in other people. And when you look at some of those people that respond differently, it just seems like they're living a more blessed life than everybody else is. Like they're seeing something different. Like when you, you, know, when you, uh, when you um, hang out with people that the Lord uses in a... Uh, well, I'll tell you this. Um, uh, J.C. Hibbard... Um, J.C. Hibbert Jr., he was my pastor for several years at Full Gospel Assembly. His father was, he was J.C. Hibbert Jr., father was J.C. Hibbert Sr. J.C. Hibbert Sr. was a great evangelist in the healing revival, ministered to a lot of people to receive healing in their bodies. And there was a time when Brother Hibbert Jr., he was a young man, he worked with his father in ministry, he worked with him, uh, in the altars uh, he he said he he remembers times when his dad would walk into the orchestra pit of the auditoriums where they would go and minister, and that they would put the sick in the in the orchestra pit and he said his dad would just spend. A, a couple of hours in the orchestra pit until there were times that every person that was in a stretcher would would be, would be rise up out of their stretchers and their stretchers would be left there in the orchestra pit. And they'd load those stretchers into, into semis, into trailers and, and whatnot and haul them off to be discarded because those people had received their healing. Wheelchairs cleared out in the orchestra pit. I mean, just incredible miracles. Uh, Brother Hibbard one time, J.C. Hibbard Jr., his father told him, I want you to go and I want you to ask, uh, go, go to, uh, to uh, uh, Gordon Lindsay's house. Gordon Lindsay is a Texas preacher and Gordon Lindsay was the one who, uh, I'm, I'm telling y'all stuff you may not know. Um, Gordon Lindsay, he wrote a, a publication in the 50s called The Voice of Healing and uh, it was a newsletter that they sent out uh, during the healing revival, where they would tell of the things that God did through these great evangelists as they went and ministered healing to the sick, and it was it was really that brother there, um, and a William Branham, that uh, that started or that were uh, that were the catalyst for the healing revival in the 50s. Uh, Gordon Lindsay recognized the gift in William Branham and encouraged him. He he uh, set up meetings and whatnot. Anyway, uh, Brother Hibbard told his son, he said, uh, go to Gordon Lindsay's house. Uh, I heard William Branham is there. Go and talk to Brother Branham and ask him if he'll come and minister at the church. And uh, uh, Brother Hibbard said he didn't want to do it, but he went and he said he met William Branham. He He knocked on the door of a an apartment that was over the garage of Gordon Lindsay's house, and he said, William Branham answered the door. He said he was a small man. He said, but when, when he opened the door, there was an awareness of something that was on him that that he had never experienced when he when he had met anyone else. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You hear, you hear what I'm saying? Have you ever met someone that you were aware that they carried something that that most people don't carry? There was just, now I'm not talking about that you fell to your knees or you fell out under the bed. It's just that there was something, there was something of heaven. There was something of heaven that rested upon that individual that drew you in. That you knew that there was the quality of heaven about their life. And that, that's what Brother Hibbert said, Hibbert said about William Branham. That's also what he said about, um, oh, what was that fellow's name? Uh, um, Raymond T. Ritchie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said Raymond T. Ritchie was one of his favorite preachers. And he said the first time that he had ever met Raymond T. Ritchie was in a hotel. And uh, a, 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 the elevator had come down. And all these fellows were there waiting to get on the elevator at a minister's conference. And when the elevator doors opened, there stood Raymond T. Ritchie. And they all got into the elevator with Brother Ritchie. The moment they got into the elevator, he said the atmosphere in the elevator was different than anywhere anywhere else. They were all talking and had been talking and just going back and forth. But there was something of the quality of heaven that was in the atmosphere in that elevator that silenced the voices of all those men. That kept them from speaking. Uh, And talking on the level that they had been talking prior to them getting in the elevator. Amen. 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 Glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. I, I I think part of the main reason why people don't flow in the gifts of the Spirit is because they don't, they don't. They don't press into the Lord to obtain that kind of favor and that kind of fellowship with God. That's right. I'm going to tell you something. Outside of that kind of fellowship, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, this isn't an exclusive club, church. That's right. This isn't just for a few. Some people are like, well, they were special. They weren't any more special than you are. That's right. What God did for them, he'll do for all. But you know what? You're not going to get there kicking back in your lazy boy, eating Cheetos and watching football. You're certainly not going to get there if you can't drag your butt off of your chair and get to church on a Wednesday night. Go ahead, man. That's right. I- I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to be ugly toward anyone that that's not here tonight. I'm just I'm just telling you if you if you want something more, you're you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it by sitting in front of the television or by participating in activities that don't lead you to that place. And it's, and it's, the, and it's the very reason, I don't care what anybody says, it's the very reason why we, we, there is a lack of what it is that we're talking about in the earth today. Yes, God, listen, there are all kinds of people who say, well, God's going to do it through his people. God ain't going to do it through his people till his people get off their bumper and start, and start doing what is necessary to accommodate the spirit of God in that measure amen listen amen thank god if you you didn't want to hear the truth you probably should have kept your earbuds in (laughs) and and again i'm not trying to uh, someone said to me recently they said you know you you keep making it impossible you know you 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 tell us god wants to do it and then you tell us how impossible it is i'm not sitting here telling you it's with men it's impossible if you think it's impossible, it's because you're still thinking with your mind. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. It's because there is still a measure of the flesh that's working in your life that won't allow you to cross over and to step over into that place. Because I'm telling you this, it's not impossible. If, if I can sit up here and tell you it's not impossible, knowing where I've come from and knowing what manner of man I am, then certainly some of you can know that it's possible. But there, there are obstacles in the way. There, there really are. There are obstacles in the way. And guess what? The obstacles aren't that God's keeping it from you because you're wicked and because you're sinful and because you're nasty and you're terrible. That's not what it is. What it is is the, 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 the natural man. It's the, it's the soul. It's our soul. So, so in order, you say, what's your soul? Well, your soul is your mind, your willing emotions. Your soul is your mind. And all of us carry some measure of affliction in our soul. You know how our souls became afflicted? By our former life. I was talking with Twyla and Michael about it the other day. We were talking about how, you know, we make decisions in life. Many times, even after we become a Christian, we make decisions in life. Not based on scripture. Not based on the word of God or the will of God or the spirit of God. But based on uh, Based on how we've been afflicted over the years in our soul, based based on based on the uh, uh, defense mechanisms that we've created, and non spiritual defense mechanisms, defense mechanisms in our mind, defense mechanisms in our emotions. Come on, somebody, amen. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me today? And, and it's, 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 it's those things. It's the misalignment of our soul and our spirit that keeps the Holy Ghost from being able to be made man. That's why the Bible says we receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our soul. You're not going to save your, you're not, all the self-help books you read are not going to save your soul. All the positive thinking and positive confessions in the world are going to, now there's a place for positive thinking. and po- don't get me wrong, there's a place for those things, but you're not going to win this battle yourself. Right. Amen. Right. Well, yeah. God's you know what? God's word was designed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> glory. God's yeah. word was designed yeah. cool. to save your soul. Glory to God. God's word was, was specifically made for the purpose of bringing healing to your body. Healing to your mind. Healing to your emotions. Wellness to your will. Some of you are like, oh, I just don't have the willpower. Thank God we have His word. Amen. And His word was designed to help, to fix, to save. Amen. Glory, glory! See, do, do you know? Do you know how the spirit of God? You know how the spirit of God is kept from working? And in, in some of you will understand this. Just let's just look back and and again. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to rehash the things concerning COVID and and uh, the pandemic. But the pandemic revealed a lot of things. Not only to. Unfortunately, most people in the church are still trying to figure out the lessons of the pandemic. There's only one lesson that we need to learn concerning the pandemic. I'm going to tell you right now as the church. Jess, it seemed like your belly got lower just since you walked in the door. My goodness, you may have that baby in a couple days. You see how low that belly's got Just since the last time we saw her. <laughs> Look, Talisha's like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> baby cometh <laughs> what we what we saw during the pandemic was that god's people weren't really moved by the word of god or by the spirit of god and we didn't rise up and be everything that god wanted us to be well why well because what was planted in the souls of many believers was fear now now don't don't try to defend yourself sir no I wasn't afraid I was just using wisdom well who's wisdom that's the don't don't argue with it and see that's a part of the problem is that we're trying to save face is that we're trying to say that we didn't have a listen I'm going to tell you right now myself just like you I was faith I was I was faced with choosing faith or fear When when things like this happen, when the when the when uh, when difficulties come, when trouble comes, when impossible, when you're standing, when when the when the mountain is in front of you, when the when the giant, when the uncircumcised Philistine is there challenging you, and he's bigger than you are, and he's got better weapons than you got, and he's got better armor than you got, and he's got more training than you have, and he's, and he's been trained in the, in, the, in the things of battle, and all you've, ever, all you've ever done is pray and praise and pick on a harp and take care of sheep. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. When, when, when the giant's there, you're going to have a choice. All of you have a choice. You have to choose, glory to God, you have to choose whether you're going to eat of the fruit of, of the tree of fear in your life or you're going to eat of the tree of faith. Amen. Amen. Boy, and faith, we've already talked about it, faith is a spiritual commodity. Faith isn't something of the soul. Faith isn't something of the mind. So some of us, we think faith is a, well, you know what, I'm just going to believe God. Are you really? Because you can't just, you can't just make up your mind. Something, something has to happen to engage your spirit. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to say more tonight than I've said this whole entire time that we've been meeting on Wednesday nights. You, you have to do something to, to disengage your mind and begin to engage your spirit. Because you can go through the whole exercise of thinking on things. And don't get me wrong, that's a part of the process. Think on the Word of God. Confess the Word of God. Declare the Word of God. Inqu- if you don't know what to do, inquire of the Word of God. Break out, break out a concordance, either a, either a paper one or get on your Bible app and start a search. But find out what God has to say. Because the only way that you're going to, the only way that you're going to uh, uh, facilitate the supernatural flow of the spirit and the gifts and the ministries of the Holy Spirit, is if your soul lines up with your spirit. Amen. How many of you have ever heard you are what you eat? Some of you are experiencing that right now. Some of you are experiencing experience that. Some people, I'm not talking about in the natural, but, you know, in the spirit. I mean, I am when I eat in the natural, too, so, yeah. And I, and I hung out with Ted today, and it wasn't good. <laughs> And then I'm I'm over at Hawaiian Brothers on Monday, and Nikki catches me and puts, puts it puts down. She, she 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 Snapchatted me and said, "Pastor, is that you?" I'm like, "You busted!" <laughs> <laughs> she, had a, she had a picture. She had a she had a video of me reaching out, get my move. <laughs> ah. uh. <laughs> so, the 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 the, the process. Can I get closer to y'all, A part of the process is yes, you got to change your thoughts. The Bible says, "And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he." So there is something that you have to do in your mind, but you can't think uh, in the natural. You can't think that the battle is going to be won just because you put your mind on the Word of God. At some point, you've got to disengage from the soul, and you've got to engage in the spirit. And the, uh, w- the Bible tells us how to do that. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That's, that's, that is the saving of the soul. That is the, dis- the, the alignment of your soul with your spirit so that you can come to the place where you can disengage from the natural and engage in the supernatural. See, most of us, what we need is we need a big move of God for us to engage in the supernatural. We need someone coming with some, something different, something, you know, you know, for some of you to get tickled in the spirit, we have to have someone like, uh, like um, Dr. Bally come through here. Do, do we really do we really want to go down that road where for us to get engaged in the things of the spirit that we constantly have to be introduced to something different? What? We're we're like a we the church, and I'm not talking about Winners Church. I'm talking about the church at large. The church at large, we've become like a bunch of uh of a bunch of uh Of uh, promiscuous teenagers. Can't stick with one. Got to get something different. Got to keep it exciting. Well, glory to God. See, some of you still trying to do something And you say, it, you, it's a soul problem. It's a soul problem. That's, that's how we programmed ourselves. And some people, some people actually put it on the Lord. Well, you know, Lord told me to leave you and find somebody else. Lord told me, Lord told me my assignment is done. I, I'm just not feeling as good around here as I used to. I'm just not happy anymore. Oh, so the Bible says, Seek ye first happiness and all these things will be added unto you. It's not what it says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. See, we, we got, but, but you also have churches that are willing to, uh, to feed into that monster. We're going to give you something new and something different. It's going to be weekly. You never know how things are going to be this week. You never know, you know, how things are going to happen. We're going to, we're going to be at the movies, you know, next week. And then following week after that, we're going to be somewhere else. Amen. So as God's people, and, and I'm, I'm talking to, now I'm talking to y'all here at Winter's Church, as God's people, you have to hunker down and you have to make a decision that you're not going to be governed by your feelings, by your soul, by your mind, by your will, by your emotions. But you're going to, be, you're going to disengage the flesh to engage the spirit. Praise God. So, glory to God. So we've, we've already established, we're, we're living in a time when, the, when a greater measure. When, the, when, when we can receive from the Lord exponentially in a greater fashion. Uh, If that's true, if it's true, if you can have more, if you can have more, listen, if I brought, if I brought two big old buckets of money and said, listen, you can have more, y'all wouldn't be sitting there going, amen. I'm like, I brought these buckets, they're for you, more. Listen, y'all be getting up out of your chairs, you'd be, you'd be making bags with your coats, with your shirts. You, you be finding a way to haul it out of here. Amen. Amen. Well, see when we when we have the same belief of the of the things of the spirit, when we have the same motivation concerning the things of the spirit, is when we're going to see that kind of a flow and that kind of a harvest. But but again, it's a, it's a soul affliction. So. What we learned from what we learned through the pandemic? Well, we learned in the pandemic that um, many people leaned more toward yielding to fear than they did uh, disengaging from the flesh and engaging faith. Faith, faith, faith—they tried to get faith in their heads, but see, faith will. Faith, faith is bold. Faith is loud. Faith is politically incorrect. Faith uh, <laughs> Faith picks fights. Faith confronts anything that goes against it. Faith doesn't play dead. Faith is alive. Faith works. Faith doesn't go home and sit on the couch. Faith rises up to do the will of God. Faith faith does the word. It doesn't just hear the word. Faith does the word. Faith doesn't just hear the word. Faith does the word of God. And so when people began to do something other than the word of God. See that's, folks, listen to me. That we, you, you have to come to the place where you're willing to accept, not, not accept it in a way that, that you're, you, you're, you've, you're resolved to, to, to things being this way. But um, you've got to come to the point where you accept the facts and accept the way that things, the way, in, in other words, what some people do is they, they hear me talk like this. And then they're like, well, it's not very encouraging. I just don't receive that. Here's the thing. Whether you receive it or not, it's true. What we have to do is we have to see that it's there and then make a choice that we're going to do something about it. You know, you're the only ones that... The world couldn't do anything about... The world could do nothing about the fear they were facing. They couldn't help what they were doing. They had nothing, they had nothing in their arsenal to combat what they were being attacked with. The world didn't have, it. why do you think they were the way that they were? They had nothing in their arsenal to do anything about the situation. All they could do is succumb to what was being offered to them. Ahead, but as God's people, we had a choice. And see, this is, this is why I know that most people don't know nothing about the Spirit. Because we chose, not, uh, not Winner's, I'm not saying Winner's Church, but most of the body of Christ chose wrong. That's right. They chose wrong. I'll go ahead. They didn't choose right. Why didn't they choose right? Well, listen, the, go to Romans. Romans chapter 8. Am I preaching here today or oh, teaching? Yeah. or I'm doing something here. Romans chapter 8, um, and listen, you can, you can argue, you can try to argue with me about this. There are a lot of people that want to try to argue with me about it. It, it doesn't take, it does, honestly, it doesn't take me very long when I start reading the Bible to them that they either get mad at me and they're like, Well, you know, you're you're just just religious. Or, you know, you're just reckless. Well, you know, that's just your opinion. Oh, reading the Bible is my opinion. Me reading the Bible to you is my opinion. Let me tell you something. You're never going to be spiritual if you don't pray. Listen to me. And even if you do pray, if you don't get in the spirit while you're praying, you'll still be carnal. I know some people who, spend, who have spent lots of time in prayer who never get in the spirit. They pray and pray and pray, and in their minds, they're lifted up because they pray so much, and they think they're better than everybody else because they prayed for three hours. You know, prayer, you know what prayer will do? Prayer will irritate your flesh. Before you, before you ever start acting better, when you start praying, when you start praying and getting in the spirit, you know what's going you know to happen first? minute you get out of prayer, you're going to go, you're going to get in the car, someone's going to cut you off, and you're going to flip them off. And you're going to be like, how could that have happened? I was praying. I'm going to tell, tell you how it happens. Because you started messing with something that hadn't been messed with in a long time you started working to subdue something in your life that doesn't want to be subdued and what you see that as is you see that as a failure what you don't realize is it's not a failure because when you leave your flesh when you let your soul go ahead and live in affliction and you don't mess with your soul at all your soul don't mess with you back your soul leaves you in peace but the minute you go to pushing into the spirit and subduing the flesh and, en- and engaging in the spirit. Listen, your flesh will, f- your flesh will fight back with a vengeance. <laughs> when the Bible says we died ourselves. <laughs> Have any of you ever almost died? Anyone, anyone ever been in the water and almost drowned? How hard did you fight when it was... Just just think about this. Think every time that you start to press into the spirit and push into the spirit. Glory to God. That's what starts happening in your soul. Your soul gets to, it gets to, it don't want to go under. Your soul don't want to drown in the living water. Your soul wants to live. Your soul don't want to align with the spirit. If your soul aligns with the spirit, you, amen. If your soul aligns with the spirit, you won't have, listen, it's not that you, it's not that you'll give things up. Because some of you, your, your soul won't even allow you to think that you could have pleasure outside of sin. Oh, your soul, your soul makes you think, if I, if I, you know why some people won't join this church? Because they love to Party. And they can't imagine a life without going to the club. They can't imagine giving that up. That is a soul that is really in control. <laughs> now some of you like you don't understand that, because you've come a long way from that. But listen to me, if, you're, if that's where you're at, all hope is not lost. We all start there. Your flesh is lying to you, though. That's not the best there is. Because I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, coffee mug, and pen set. And I am telling you, there is something, there is a life that is better than that lifestyle. And you can't fathom or imagine it in in your natural man because of the affliction that's in your soul. Somehow or another, you have built in your soul this idea that this is what gets you through life. Why, why Why do you think some of you squander all your money at the mall? has to do with your soul you won't pay your tithe but you'll go to the mall and you will you won't only spend the money you have you'll get in hock you'll you'll get in debt you'll spend more than what you have you'll you'll go you'll you'll go to you'll you'll max out the credit cards you'll go you'll if they listen some of y'all some of y'all are mourning the death of layaway you know, some people if they could buy if they could buy a house on layaway, they'd buy a house on layaway. Anybody remember layaway? Oh, yeah. <laughs> remember, you just give them a little money, a little here and there. You just keep giving it to, until you give it all to them, and then they give you whatever you put. Does anybody do that anymore? Layaway? If <laughs> people aren't trustworthy anymore, are they? <laughs> 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 glory see there's something about this that causes stuff to jump around in your spirit but when you get out there in life when you're not around other people where iron is not sharpening iron where other people that are spiritual people aren't, aren't stirring things up around you when you're not in this environment you, you want to lean more toward that other and that's, that's what we saw happen during the pandemic. People leaned in. They didn't lean into the spirit. They leaned into what they thought they ought to do. You know, many people didn't inquire of the Lord. They said, well, I feel like the Lord. You, f- you feel like what? Well, I feel like the Lord told me. And how much time exactly did you spend praying about it? Did you take what you felt to the word of God? Because, you know, some people that, that pray, they'll go in and pray for three hours and they'll feel something. You know, some of what you're feeling is not good. In the early days, when I first started serving the Lord, um, when I first got saved, <laughs> I, I was a hot mess. My life was a roller coaster ride. It was up and down and over here and over there. And man, I'm I'm telling you what, I was like a spiritual schizophrenic. Do do you know why? Because I was afflicted in my soul. There were things that I was telling myself while I was praying that I wanted to hear. Just pause it for a second. Pause it just for one one second. I just wanted you all to pray for her. Prayer, she needed. But whenever, whenever I first started in prayer, when you start that journey of putting down the natural man and engaging in the Spirit, it's an all-out war internally. All of a sudden, you're wreaking havoc in places in your life where there has been no havoc. Your soul has been in control up to that point in time. And at the church at large, most churches have done nothing to encourage people to die to the flesh and to live to the spirit. They've encouraged them to listen. I'm going to tell you straight up. 20 minute church ain't going to get it. Boy, that's right. 20 minute church once a week ain't going to cut it. Oh, no. I'm going to tell you what we're doing at Winners Church Sundays and Wednesdays. That ain't going to cut it either. It's not, church. That is not going to get it. There has to be an engagement on a higher level. You know, we've been trying to crack the nut of discipleship. I know, I know why it's hard for us to disciple people. Because we're not doing nothing during the week to disciple people with. That's right. we, we would just lead people to live the way they're living and do what they're doing. Going through life taking care of themselves instead of taking care of the, the things that God wants them to be taken care of. But if we'd get some radical people that when you got in the elevator with them, the atmosphere was different. When the, I mean, just people that when the elevator doors open, wait, amen. See, that's, that's the kind of people I believe God wants to make you. I had a conversation with my sister yesterday. We talked for an hour and a half. I don't get to talk to her much. But this, I thought this was a, a compliment. Uh, she, she said, hey, did Tyler, it's Tyler's mother, Hey, did Tyler tell you what happened to him at his apartment the other day? Y'all remember Tyler testifying about that? He was he was going to he was at his apartment. He walked out of his apartment to walk his dog. He and Ayla left the apartment. There was this uh, suspicious-looking people couple that were walking and staring at them, kind of scoping them out. He felt like it wasn't good. It wasn't godly. But they went on, and you know they just uh, they you know they live for Jesus. So. Um, when they come back from walking the dog, the, the man of the couple is walking away from their apartment, almost like he got caught doing something. And he's seen them coming and he starts coming down. Well, as he's coming down, the woman is going to meet him. And as he gets close to Tyler, the guy falls on his knees and starts to shake and says, forgive me. Forgive me for what I was doing. I've done you wrong. Y'all heard this, right? Yeah. yeah, this happened at the time. This happened at the, Now listen, you say, I don't believe that. Ayla was with him. Okay. Two people testified to this. Something happened. Now I, you say, what happened? I, I'll tell you what I think. I think that those people meant to do them wrong. I think that something happened that shook them up enough that they, they had a come-to-Jesus moment, and something, something happened in the spirit. God, God did what God does. The angel of the Lord encamps around about those that fear him. Amen. He gives his angels charge over us, lest we dash our foot against the stone. Amen. God is our refuge. You know, you know all those scriptures, all those things that the word of God says. Okay. Now listen to me. Some of you say, well, I don't think Tyler has any kind of air about his life. That's because we hang out with him all the time. When I take people from this church to go hang out somewhere else, people look at y'all and they're like, "That's <laughs> right." Go ahead, Because people in this listen, people in this church are different. That's right. Just take my word for it. Now, you, you, God's calling you. God's calling you out farther, much farther. But anyhow, so this happens with Tyler. And so I told her, I said, yeah, I talked to him and we talked about it and, uh, I said, what, I mean, what is that? How many of these, I mean, all this stuff that happens to Tyler, you know, to Tyler, he had someone come up and say, Lord told me, are, are you, are you blind? You know, he was in the mall working and he said, no, I'm not blind. Well, Lord told me to come here and I was to pray for, pray for someone. And, and I, I thought it was you because I saw your face when I was praying. And then, you know, the Lord said something about blindness and I just don't understand. And then someone walked by that was blind. And the person said, oh, there's the blind person. Uh, I think you're supposed to pray for them. And Tyler's like, you go pray for them. You're the one that had to. He never. He didn't know this person. This person had just walked up to the booth that he was working at at the mall. He had never met them. They didn't even know he was a Christian. Go ahead, man. So Tyler the Spirit of God comes on him. He leaves his work, leaves the booth unattended, goes to that person, lays his hands on them, they're healed of blindness at Penn Square Mall. That's right, huh? yeah. One day, Tyler's like, he feels like he's supposed to, you know, God's given him a divine appointment. The, 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 the former lead guitarist of Corn rolls up at his booth, tries to win Tyler to Christ. Tyler tries to win him back. They find out that both of them are born again. Tyler spends the afternoon with the lead guitarist of Corn, glorifying the Lord. I mean, just unusual things, supernatural things. Now, now here's, here's, the, here's the, the testimony. This is what I thought was crazy. And it was, it was, like I said, it was quite the compliment. But I said, I said, you know, Tyler has lots of crazy stuff like that happen to him all the time, doesn't he? She said, yes. She says, you know why, don't you? I said, well, yeah, yeah, he's, you know, he's called of God. The Lord's got his hand on him. She's like, he said, you know what? You know what? I told Joshua about it. That's my other nephew. And Joshua said, the same stuff happened to me when I started hanging out with Uncle Ziggy. (laughs) He said the exact same stuff started. He said people started handing me money. People started coming and asking me for prayer. He said people with with that had evil. He said he said people that were that had that were uh, had devils start acting up. He said when I started hanging out with Uncle Ziggy, that stuff started happening. He said he just needs to get away from Uncle Ziggy. (laughs) I know he (laughs) did. But you know what? It's not Uncle Ziggy. It's the same spirit that are y'all hearing me today. One time I walked into church late. I was, I was preaching at this church. I was preaching at Calvary Temple. I walked into, I walked into the church. I walked into the foyer about 15 minutes late. When I walked into the foyer, there was a greeter there. And when I came in, I greeted her. I said, hey, Chris, her name's Christy. I said, hey, Christy, not Christy Kino, but somebody else. I said, hey, how are you? And she said, oh, I'm doing great. And uh, I said, it's good to see you. She said, it's good to see you, too. I'm so glad you're here. I sure miss you when you're gone. I said, I miss you, too. You know, we just had chatted it up. And as I'm walking away, she said, hey, wait a minute. She said, you're preaching today, aren't you? I said, yeah. I said, uh, I said nobody's supposed to know. She said, I I knew it. She said, I should have known it. She said, every time I'm greeting and you're preaching, the strangest things happen with people coming through this door. It's unusual. She says, it's like all of a sudden the devil starts to show out. At first, it hurt my feelings. I thought, why can't it be that people start seeing angels and falling on the ground and the glory of God be around? But you know what? That's exactly what it is. God shows up and people that have. Amen. Amen. Are you all hearing? Now, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm not talking what I'm doing here. I'm just saying that there's there's something. There's something of heaven. That God wants to release through us here on the earth. in a measure in our in our time in a measure that has never been experienced and never witnessed before go ahead, man. amen oh, that's right amen god god listen god wants to use you in a way that when you roll up into, into someone's vicinity people are like that's right go ahead, man. there's something about this one oh, yeah. there's something about this one Do you know what that, you know what happens when that, not only, not only do you uh, do the work of God, not only is Jesus glorified and the kingdom bettered and people get born again and filled with it, but you get raises, you start to get bonuses, everybody else gets laid off, but you, you start, you start getting warned about what's coming. For your protection. I'm not supposed to tell anybody else this, but I want to tell you, Rhonda. Be ready because they're about to cut some people loose. People will try to steal you out of this church. they'll try to steal you away for listen you know every every person that ever, ever traveled with me people try to take them away that's right. sure every last one of them right. cuz when you when you start to exude the quality of heaven okay. pe- that's what people desire that's, that's when the when the bible says that the Manifestations of the Spirit are given to every man to profit with all. That word means, uh, that, what that means is uh, when the Holy Ghost manifests, it's profitable for everyone. It's good for everybody. That's, that's really what, it, it doesn't just mean it's good for everybody because he shows up and we all feel better. Or because we are partakers of the gift. Why do you think people give me all kind of money? Why do you think people, why do you think people will, do you know it's not everybody that gets tens of thousands of dollars handed to them as regularly as what happens to me? I know people in ministry going broke. People that couldn't make it in ministry because they went broke. They couldn't afford not only to pay their bills, but they couldn't even afford to pay attention. It don't have to do with that I'm a financial genius. but there's something about the quality of heaven in one's life. Okay. Oh, oh See, yeah. See you you got to you got you got to shift from just getting it up here to where where you get it in your spirit. See okay. some, some of you've been way too dependent on your mind. You know how I, you know how I can tell people who are dependent on them they talk too much. When you start to lean into the spirit, you shut up more. Okay. You really do. You want to know why? Because you start watching what you say. You start putting your hand over your mouth. You start guarding what you say. Because you want to say what God says. Okay. That's right. In the pandemic, oh, it's, and it's going to live forever in Facebook history. In Twitter history in Instagram history, what people really thought. They're not going to be able to take it back. And you know what? that Where people stood at that time, if they didn't press into God, nothing has changed. If they went to the tree of fear, they're still living at the tree of fear. If they went to the tree of faith, they're still living at the tree of faith. Eating the fruit thereof. Amen. Let's go on. So, when not everybody was knocked out by that, then what happened next? George Floyd, the racial. Threat. What 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 happens? What happened? What happened to you when that happened to George Floyd? Did you get in your soul? Or did you get in your spirit? Ahead, See, these things. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, yeah. What what happens when someone? What happens when someone call you the N-word, who's white? Heck, some people ain't got to call anybody the N-word. They just got to look at you a certain way. They just got to have a certain attitude. Ain't nobody got to call me a spick for me to get upset? But you know, here's the thing: if are y'all hearing me? Boy, well, listen, see, see, some of you, it's, it's, it's coming in perspective right now, isn't it? It's coming in perspective right now, isn't it? Someone insults something. Listen, do you know, do you know that when you're in the spirit, there is no insult? You don't care whether, you don't, you don't care where, where you stand socially, financially. academically. See all that, all those things are things of the flesh. They're afflictions of the soul. Don't you know that the devil watches and knows how you're going to, that's why when you start getting in the spirit, you pray in tongues for three hours. You tanked up. You got Bahasa. Woo, glory! You get in your car, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, immediately, immediately, something happens, and you go off, and you're like, "What happened? I thought I was in the spirit." You was, you were, you you were pressing in in the spirit. But those afflictions, those things that are still in yet in your soul, all of us have it. All of us have the choice. We have to choose the Spirit. Well, how hard is that? How hard is that when we see injustice? How hard is that when we see the church persecuted? How hard is that? See, but that's that's. Am I helping anybody here today? But that's the, that's, the, um, that's the place where we have to overcome. Again, I'm, not, I'm, ta- I'm encouraging you all. If, if anyone is equipped to win in this hour, it's people in this house. It's people in this church. Because you're, you're word people. You're faith people. You've been equipped with the Word of God. Oh, yeah. You're Spirit-filled people. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You know where we. You know where where we uh, where we uh, where the disconnect is. It's in it's when we when we have that choice. When we choose to stand with. When we choose to stand with where we connect in the natural instead of where we're connected in the spirit (laughs) boy I'm preaching (laughs) it is Wednesday and I I told listen I told you I told him in the in the leadership text I should have sent out an all church text that the spirit of the Lord was dealing with me all day today and this is this is, where, this is where we can get the victory. So how do you engage then in the spirit? How do you engage your spirit and lean more into the spirit? Well, it is a, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You're not going to be delivered or healed of the affliction. Now, some things, it'll be instantaneous. Some things you'll get the victory over quick. Other things, you're going to battle with it your whole life. Paul talked about it. He said, I have a thorn in my flesh. A messenger from Satan. I asked the Lord to remove it three times. Finally, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So there are some, listen to me, there are some things you're going to wrestle with every day of your life on planet Earth. So you know what you've got to do? You've got to live this life like everything you're dealing with now, you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life, but you're going to live for Jesus anyhow. Okay. You're, going to learn how to, you're going to learn how to lean into the things of the spirit anyhow. So number one, how you, one, number one way you uh, start to lean into the spirit, you recognize it. You recognize, you recognize the difference between flesh and spirit. Don't try to make yourself spiritual. You're not fooling. You're not even fooling yourself, and you're not fooling anybody else, because it's evidenced. It's evidenced. It's evidenced by the fact that we're not. You know what? We're not having to shut the service. We're not having to shut things down to keep people from manifesting the Holy Ghost on Sunday. I'm not having to get up and say, "Okay, y'all, let's." You know, settle, settle. We can, we got to <laughs> come on now. I know. I know you have a word of knowledge, but let's. Hold it, hold it. That's not happening. That's not happening. We're not having three people break out in tongues at the same time because people anxious to give a word in tongues. Amen. Huh? We we got to we got to recognize that um we got to recognize that time when we have those choices. we got to, we got to be able to tell the difference between what is God and what is not God. And in the early days, when I was younger, it was very difficult for me to do that. You know why? Because I had relied on my flesh and my soul and my feelings for so long. I couldn't tell the difference. You, let me ask you a question. When God talks to you, who does he sound like? Who does he sound like? What voice, what inner voice do you hear when you hear God speak? Your own. When the devil talks to you, whose voice do you hear? Your own. So you can't distinguish the difference between the voice based on what it sounds like inwardly. You have to identify the voices and the feelings by what, number one, what words they're saying, or what direction, the, how, how is it leading? The Bible says this, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's, there's liberty, there's freedom. That's, that's what the Bible says. If, if, if the direction that you feel like God told you to go doesn't lead you to freedom, doesn't lead you to liberty, guess what? I do not care. What you think he said. Right. If, it, if, it put you in, if it put you in bondage, it was not God. That's right. Period. That's right. okay. I'm just not happy. I'm just not happy. I'm just not happy. My Bible says, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Happy. You have a wrong God. Go ahead, if you... If you wrestle with unhappiness it's because you've allowed something to be erected in your life as a false god. Go ahead. Man. Finance, vacation, car, house, geographical location, family, church. You can make anything a god. And some of us are like I'm going to church but I'm unhappy guess what? You need to go to God then. Because getting in church and getting around God's people ain't helping you. You need to get into the presence of God. I am. No, you're not. You're not. I feel like I am. Then your feelings are lying to you. And if you keep going by your feelings, you're going to die. Well, what do I do, pastor? You believe the word of God. You put your mind and your eyes on the word of God. You, you get around people you can trust. If you don't trust no one, you're in trouble. Go ahead, man. If you can't find no one, you can lean on and say, tell me what the Bible says. What, are you, what, are you, what does the Bible say? Are y'all hearing me today? Yeah. Every one of you, listen, as your pastor, as your pa- you all, and I'm not, I'm not saying this because I think that, that there are people that won't do this, and, but maybe there are. As, but as your pastor, if you in tr- if you in trouble, it's your responsibility to come. To me. Don't wait for, I know I'm a prophet, but don't wait for me to figure it out. And then be mad. I gave everything to that church, and when I was going through, they never even helped me. Well, did you ask for help? Well, no, but pastors should have known. Really? I never even got a phone call. Neither did I. Go ahead, man. I never got a phone call either. No one ever visited. Well, you know, you only came once a month anyhow. Go ahead. Man. You wasn't visiting me either. Right. I just don't feel like I'm being fed. Could that be because you came every six weeks? Or is it because the Word of God isn't preached around here? I mean, you know one Sunday every six weeks, man, I'd be skinny too. You understand? I'd be skinny too. I tried. Not very hard. Not if you came every six weeks. I'm busy. Oh, nobody else is busy around here. We've got nothing to do but come to church. We have no kids. We have no responsibilities. None of us have mortgages, car payments, bills. We get our electricity free. <laughs> I, Obama gave me this cell phone. and I, anyway, <laughs> But isn't that, isn't that how that, you know what that is? That's a soul affliction. Some people, they get, in that, they get caught in that trap. And that's what keeps them from allowing God's spirit to manifest himself through. Because they're still relying upon their own selves to protect them and to help them and to see them through. But we've got to trust God. Howdy. Well, you know, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. That's not the word of God. The Word of God says that God has given us family. Amen. Brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. Amen. Uh, Leaders, pastors, uh, teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists. People that God has called uh, to speak into our lives. uh, to, To help us. Even as a minister of the gospel. Church, I'm going to tell you something. There are people that are in ministry that I have sat with and I have talked with that came to me and said the same stuff that people say that are in the pew that aren't even in ministry. Uh, uh, People that will come and say, well, the Lord told me to do this. And I'll be like, and and they've told me, they say, you know, yeah, you're my pastor. You're a mentor. You're my pastor. You're a mentor. Oh, I need to, I didn't even get to where I really wanted to go. But we Was you helped, baby? Oh well, Amen. All right, well, pray, praise, praise God. Yeah. Preparation here, but anyhow, um, that people, people. I'm talking about people in ministry. Listen to what I'm telling y'all, please. Oh yeah. Even people in ministry, I've had in ministry. Not, I'm, I'm talking veteran people in ministry. People that have been in ministry for a while. That said, well, the Lord told me this. That I'd be like, okay, um, I mean as a mentor <laughs> you reckon you should like called me when you heard that and said hey help me pray this through I think I might be hearing this Well, no. well why not because I don't need anybody I just, it's just me and the Lord Lord told me I know the voice of God I hear the voice of God let me tell you something I hear the voice of God regular, but when the Lord go to telling me stuff, I'm on the phone. What? I have a group of people that I call. There have been times Rhonda's been on that list. Ms. Rhonda, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm here, Pray about that. Tell me what you think. Sometimes the Hilda and David, well, if, if Rhonda gets a call, Hilda and David get a call. Pastor Mikey and Shanika have gotten calls from me. Pastor Harris and Angela, Pastor Ben and Tammy, you know, uh, Tom Springer, Pastor Tom. Boy, I'm telling you right now, I get on the phone with him. I'm like, hey, help me out. And he's so cantankerous because, you know, he's up there now. He's up over 80 years old. And he's, you know, he's gotten to that point where he don't really watch what he says. <laughs> he told me to tell Jonathan Shuttlesworth he was a jackass. He said, ah, he said, just tell everyone he's a jackass and tell him to. Oh I was like, well, Pastor, <laughs> he said, I said, do you think that's wise? He said, well, it may not be wise, he says, but it's efficient. <laughs> uh-huh. He says, "I don't have to worry about that no more." He said, "I'm, I'm just," a, he said, "I just, I just get people to drink." He said, "You and Ben worry about all that other stuff." <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you get when you get older, you start getting a little out there. <laughs> Pastor Tom went to uh, Ben's church and he was like, "Some of y'all need prayer. I can tell some of y'all, don't, some of y'all need prayer." Uh, he said, <laughs> <laughs> he said. Uh, He said, I can tell some of y'all, some of y'all married couples don't pray in the bedroom. (laughs) He said, some of y'all look miserable. (laughs) He said, you know, the world ought to be coming to the church, finding out. They they ought to be coming to the church. He said, he said, (laughs) I'm going to, because we're all adults here." He said, he said, he said, people in church, married couples in church, their sex life, this is Sunday morning. (laughs) This is, this is how he started the meeting. He was like, you know, I could tell some. this is how he started the meeting. He said, he said couples in the church, they're sex, married couples, your sex life ought to be so great. The world ought to be coming in here to find out what's going on. Go ahead, trying to figure out what in the world have y'all got going on that we haven't got going. We shouldn't be going to the world. They ought to be coming trying to figure it out. He said, I'm going to pray for y'all this morning. Y'all need prayer. <laughs> he said, I'm going to pray. He says, I'm going to pray over y'all. That God will motivate you in the bedroom, you married couples, and then he starts pointing them out. He says, "Y'all need prayer. I know y'all need prayer." He said, "I'm gonna pray for y'all. Come up here." He start. He did. He started calling them out. Boy, that was the whole service. Ben called me that day. He said, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I'm, I'm too ashamed to say what he was saying. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> but listen, if, if, I'm a, if I'm a mentor, if I'm a pastor, if I'm a leader, if I have some influence in your life, um, you know what? There's some, there's some here that some of you, like Miss Rhonda, she's an elder in this church. You know, Miss Rhonda's got a lot of wisdom. She's seen some things. Amen. I know some of you are like, oh, but Miss Rhonda, she might, you know, she she kind of scares me. That's the kind of that's the kind of people you want to go to. The people that you know are going to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. That are going to tell you what you need to hear in a in a gentle way. Because you know what? None of you have ever come to me and me be harsh to you. Never. And Miss Rhonda, I've heard her talk with folks. She'll raise her voice in a good way, because she's for you. Amen. David and Hilda. Some of you are like Man, David and Hilda. No, I don't know. Yeah. But we need we need other people's influence. All right. Any questions? I, I, we'll we'll get to Romans uh, next time. Did this help anybody here today okay. so far? So so number one, you got to you got to be able to distinguish. How do you distinguish? Well, by the Word of God. Distinguish when you when you have those when you have to make a choice, cuss, or or praise the Lord. Which Aye. ones? Which one's God? Well, cussing ain't cussing ain't God. Uh, when 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 there's when there's when there's uh, um, racial injustice, what do we do? Do we uh, start quoting Martin Luther King? Tell the Rosa Parks story? I mean. No, that's not, that's, we know that and that's all good and all, but you know, that's, we get, we got to tuck in to the Lord. Okay. We have to find the wisdom of God. We have to find the design of God. We have to, uh, I was, when I was in Springfield, after, after all that went down and there was rioting there and, you know, people were marching. There were, uh, there was a, a black man and his family that were there and I started talking about the, the justice of God. The vengeance of the Lord, and when I said God's vengeance was to comfort those who mourn, to uh, to uh, um, to pray for those that grieve, uh, to uh, uh, the oil of gladness, the oil of joy, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, and and I could tell that the man the the man of the family was very troubled. I understood. That's what's so hard as a minister to to communicate to people when you have a broad spectrum of people. Because you know what? In my mind, I I wanted to march. In my mind, I wanted wanted to talk about the injustices that I suffered. And, And I did a little here and there. And it was hard, it was a that was a hard road to plow. But I had to lean into the spirit, and I had to. And, we, and you know what? We had to lean into this, especially when Ted was like that poor policeman. <laughs> 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 you know what? That's that in the in, in the beginning. That's how you felt. It was like Ted, you need to take a class. You know. <laughs> Everybody looked at Ted like he really is white. You know, I mean, that's what people start thinking. Just stay with me; don't get in the flesh. But then you then you hear Ted. Ted said, "Well, you know, can you imagine? Because I know that guy is dead, and and I think Ted told me he said at that time he said he thought that that George Floyd was a Christian, which he may may or may not have been. I'm not going to speculate. I don't know. I don't know about any of them people, but." Ted was like, you know, Jesus loves him just as he, much as he loved the guy that got killed. You? And, you know, there it was. <laughs> That's when you have to choose. Die to the flesh and live for him. But see, it's, it's in that environment of dying to yourself. Now, you say, so are you saying, Pastor, that when we make those decisions to follow the spirit or to follow what God's word says, that that's what's going to bring the manifestations of the Spirit? Uh-huh. Oh, Aha. Yeah. When we live there. When we live there. When it becomes automatic. When we begin to be healed in our soul. When our first instinct becomes to lean into the Spirit, that, that's, that's when God can call upon you and you'll hear Him. Because God will send you in the face of someone that will intentionally start to push the buttons that the devil has pushed in your life that have caused you to lean into your, into your soul, into that affliction in your soul. And in the past, what that's caused you to do is to shut down to the spirit and to do, yeah, and do you. But when, when you've dealt with that, Ooh, and then you're not hearing your, your, your flesh. You're not hearing your emotions. You're not hearing uh, your injustice that, that, that you've suffered. You're not hearing any of that. Right. Then you're leaning in to the Holy Ghost and you're believing God for the, you know what? In the middle of a riot, you'll believe God for peace. In the middle of pandemonium, you'll believe that God will lift you up and raise. You know, you can't believe God will make you a voice to a people that don't hear you right now. It, it, w- it is impossible. When, when all that went down with the pandemic, when I began to lift my voice and God began to tell me what to, you know what I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm not loud enough. My voice isn't loud enough. I'm not a Craig Groeschel. I'm not a, a Tony Miller. I'm not a, a Rodney Howard Brown. I'm not a, a Bill Winston or a Kenneth Copeland or a or a uh, uh, you know any uh, John Maxwell or I mean we we could c- go across all kind of denominational. I'm none of those. I'm none of those people. I'm Ziggy Sanchez. I got a church of 80 people in Edmond. We meet in the back of another church. Nobody even knows we're here. How effective is my voice going to be? But when you lean into the Spirit, you realize that one day, one day, you could be without a voice, and the next day, God raised you up to be a megaphone declaring the Word of God and changing the entire world. Are you hearing me today? See that's where we're at as a church. See, I didn't know this how Lord would lead. I thought we were going to talk just talk about gifts, but we're going to talk about how to work them. Hey, Nene Amen. Can I, okay, I'm going to I'll pick up here. Uh, where I'm going to pick up where I'm going to pick up next week is I'm going to pick up in the lessons that I learned as a young man when I first started how how I was able, how the Lord helped me and how I was able to facilitate the, the things of the Spirit to where I went into the ministry a year after I got saved. Go to where I started doing ministry. Well, I started doing ministry three days after I got born again. I, was, I, started, I literally started preaching to people and witnessing to them in, a, in the way that Cherie does three days after I got born again and started winning people to Christ. I mean, to the point, to the point where the school was the, the counselor, there's a counselor angry with me that I was seeing so many people born again and having such an impact on the school that he was angry with me. You know, there are going to be people to celebrate you. There are going to be people that just want to kill you. So, uh, But we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about, uh, so we, talk, we just talked about one, identifying. So you identify by the word. Here's the other way you can identify. Pray about it. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't be hasty. Pray. Pray in the Spirit. You don't have to pray in English. You don't have to know what you're saying. Pray in, pray in tongues. Activate your spirit. Activate your spirit. If, listen, if you got to do it in the Walmart, let everybody think you're crazy for a day. Let them think you're crazy for a day. They'll forget. You may never see them again. But if you got to engage the spirit right there in the, in the Walmart, then bless God. I'm, stranger things have been seen at Walmart. I would do that at school They just assumed I was talking in Spanish And I let them think it You know I'm like Go ahead and think whatever you want to think I was praying in tongues I did it every day in class I would lay hands on people While I'm walking by and praying in tongues While they're making fun of me I lay hands on them They go praise God Have no idea that they're an idiot They just praised God I laid hands on them. They didn't think it had an effect, but I'm telling you right now, the devil didn't like it too good. Amen. Any questions at all? No? We're good. Praise God. Call someone. Tell them they missed it. <laughs> we're we're gonna get over there, man. I'm I'm telling you, man. I've I, he filled me so full today. I got extra. Amen. Shale prefia. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. You ought to expect that when we do these things, God's going to use you. the so Lord, use us. Let your spirit fall mightily. I thank you. Uh, today, Lord, that you have spoken to us and helped us, and uh, we just want to give glory to your name. So, Father, we love you. We we appreciate you, and we will come back together on Sunday with expectation. Lord, blow the roof off the place, knock the walls down, and then raise them back up in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. Everybody that believed it said, "Amen." I love you. I appreciate you. Go in His presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. I will see some of you. Well, I'll see most of you Sunday. Uh, bring someone with you. Sunday is a fun day. 13th. And then, um, yeah, I'll see you then. Some of you going to be going to outreach, so you'll see one another. But I'll definitely see you Sunday. Amen.